This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Of course, this is going to be a football night. I got some uh, college football to go over, some top 25 action to go over here. And then, of course, I got uh, some NFL divisional previews to go over as well. I'll be going over the AFC South as well as the AFC East. So let's get right into it, of course. I'll be going over the AFC divisional previews real quick starting with the AFC South and the team I'm going to pick first is the Indianapolis Colts last year 2018 they were finished 10 and 6 and 4 and 2 in the division which was good enough for second uh, but they were able to win the wild card game versus Houston uh, they were going to lose in the divisional round though at Kansas City over the offseason uh, some of the key additions they had were uh, safety Rocky Asin via the draft they also added defensive end Justin Houston Last year, he had 37 tackles, 9 sacks, as well as 16 tackles for loss. He also had an interception, and four, uh, 5 forced fumbles, 3 fumble recoveries, and a defensive touchdown. They also go on to add wide receiver Devin Funches. Some of the key losses uh, that they had, however, though, of course, was the main one. Uh, and the only real loss they had was Andrew Luck, and this was rather recently. Uh, now, Andrew Luck, of course, had multiple pro balls. He, of course, had some playoff experience as well. Uh, last season was a comeback year for him. Of course, we already know about the injuries he's been suffering as of late. Uh, he completed 76, uh, I'm sorry, 67.3% of his passes for uh, 4,593 yards, as well as 39 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. And over his career, he's completed slightly over 60% of his passes at 60.8. Uh, he also had tw uh, 23,761 yards, as well as 171 yards. And this was all done in 86 games of course because of all the injuries that he had so unfortunately that was their uh, only real major loss uh, but of course you know it's probably going to affect them for a while uh, but some of the top returning starters for this squad is going to be Marlon Mack at the running back position last year he had a, a pretty decent year with 908 yards as well as nine touchdowns uh, they also are bringing back linebacker Darius Leonard of course he was the defensive rookie of the year he also he was also an all-pro as well he had 111 tackles last year seven sacks and also four forced fumbles as well as two interceptions uh, so looking at this team by the numbers of course they did not have a really bad season at all in any real uh, category they were fifth in scoring they scored about 27 uh, points a game they also uh, finished the year Six in passing offense uh, with the sixth best passing offense. They also had the tenth. In, they were also tenth in scoring defense, only allowing about 21 and a half points a game. They also finished ninth in interceptions at 18. The strength of this team coming into the uh, this year is going to be the offensive line. Of course, they're bringing back Anthony Costanzo. He's uh, appeared in a 116 games, started in all 116 of those, and uh, he's definitely. Well, he was drafted in 2011, so he's definitely grizzled he's definitely uh, had some experience protecting Andrew Luck one of one of Andrew Luck's personal uh, bodyguards of course football wise they also have Quentin Nelson uh, he's a all he was an all pro rookie last year so they're gonna be responsible for of course protecting 
who they have coming, you know, you know, coming up behind center, which is going to be Jacoby Brissett, and I'll get to him in just a second. They'll also be responsible for, of course, helping Marlon Mack expand on that running game because, of course, that's going to be one thing they're going to be definitely leaning on a little bit more going into this season. Uh, but one weakness I have for this team, of course, unfortunately, is going to be the quarterback position. And I don't mean to dump on Jacoby Brissett because we're going to get to his stats in just a second. Um, but I just haven't seen a whole lot of him in a starting position. So it'll just, I, again, it's going to take some time to adjust. And I don't think he's uh, no slouch. So I think eventually he should get it right at some point in the season. And I think they do end up with a, a winning record. But just because he's so much of an enigma, and I personally haven't seen too much of him, I'm going to put him here. But so far in his career, he hasn't done that bad he has 3,098 yards he's thrown for 13 touchdowns only seven interceptions and he also has a quarterback rating of 81.6 so again he's going into this year with some decent numbers over his career he's definitely going to need some more experience and I think it's going to come to them of course over the course of the season um, of course with that being said um, they also got Brian Hoyer and also Chad Kelly on the depth chart so again if he goes down for whatever reason i think they're definitely screwed i think you you can um, definitely x them out of any playoff contention i think even with jacoby Brissett, with the team that they have um because i believe that joby of course Brissett himself is really not a bad quarterback in all reality i think even with the squad that they with the squad that they have right now i still think this team is a maybe a nine to ten win team uh possibly possibly even a wild card uh you know they can even challenge for a wild card i think if he goes down um you know if he you know which could happen i think you can drastically eliminate them no uh playoff contention uh and again we, we're thinking about two to three wins i think even on the low end with him he's only gonna get i think on the low end with him that's maybe a six win team maybe a seven win team um but i don't see why this team can't you know get it together maybe go 800 uh give the team give the fans some type of excitement maybe even go nine like i said maybe even go nine and seven or, or i'm sorry yeah nine and seven or even ten and six and challenge for a wild card so uh let's move on from this squad here we're gonna go on to the houston texans uh they finished last season 11 and 5 they also finished four and two versus their division which was uh good enough for first uh, but again they will lose in that wild card game to the Colts uh, some key additions for them of course this was a recent addition they were able to get Laramie Tunsil and also wide receiver Kenny Stills via a trade with Miami so three-way trade uh, I think um, of course uh, Houston and Miami swapped some players and also swapped some draft picks. Uh, Jadavion Clowney was also involved in the mix, and he ended up going. He ended up going to Seattle, uh, but. As far as Laramie Tunsil goes, he's one of the higher-rated uh, offensive linemen out there. He's definitely a, he's a pro baller. Uh, he's going to be adding some experience to that offensive line, and he's going to be uh, Deshaun Watson's blind spot, which was a smart investment in terms of what the, the Houston Texans did. Because, again, Deshaun Watson, he's been on the run since, since he's been in the league. He's been you know pressured so much. He's probably been sacked most out of anybody in the league, maybe next maybe next to Andrew Luck so it's a bit of, it's you know it's a it's a bit of a shame 
uh, that some of the best offensive lines get so much hell in this division because again the Colts offensive line as well as the, the Houston Texans offensive line is they're not necessarily that bad it's just that they go up against really good defensive lines and also really good linebacker core so and uh, that's just the difficulty of that division but let's move on um, the key losses over the offseason will be defensive back Kareem Jackson they also lost they also lost Tyron Matthews excuse me last year he had 89 total tackles and also two interceptions he was also their vocal defensive leader on top of that so he was a key loss for them but let's move on to the key starters of course we have wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins last year he would go on to catch 115 passes for 1,572 yards as well as 11 touchdowns of course they're bringing back J.J. Watt he would have 61 tackles last year as well as 16 sacks uh, we're going to take a look at this team real quick by the numbers they were going to finish 11th last year in scoring offense scoring about 25 points a game they were also going to finish 15th in uh, total offense with 362 yards uh, per game uh, they were also going to finish 12th in overall defense with 343 yards allowed per game and they also were fourth in turnovers with 29 uh, so let's move on we're going to move on to the one strength of this team and I think going into this year it's going to be the wide receiver position of course I uh, not necessarily just the wide receivers, excuse me, but the tight ends as well. Of course, I mentioned DeAndre Hopkins as well. Uh, he's definitely a dope wideout, one of the best in the league. But I think Kenny, St uh, Kenny Stills also gets overlooked here. He had a pretty so-so uh, season last year. He had 37 catches for 553 yards and six touchdowns. I definitely think uh, he has some untapped potential there. He had a pretty decent, a pretty, I think he had a better season the year before uh, that in 2017. So uh, definitely looking for some improvement there. But they also have Will Fuller there. Uh, Will Fuller here as well. And when he's healthy, he can do a lot better than 32 catches and 503 yards and also four touchdowns. So I think Deshaun Watson definitely has some people to throw the ball to, especially when you add tight end uh, Darren Fells, who, who through his career has had 68 catches, 830 yards, as well as 10 touchdowns. So again, Deshaun Watson is going to have a lot of people to throw the ball to, uh, especially in the wide receiver department. The question is, can that offensive line keep him healthy? Uh, but the one weakness here, of course, is going to be the running back position. You already know about Lamar Miller. He's going to be out for the season because of an ACL injury. Uh, last year, it, you know, he had 973 yards. He also had five touchdowns. So he wasn't like a world beater at the position. But again, that is their starter. And going into this season, they'll be having Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson to depend on. Um, I think one thing about these guys is they they seem to have a pattern of being traded and or beat, beaten out uh, by another running back at their, you know, at their former team um these both both of these guys uh, came out of pretty big schools uh, carlos high came out of ohio state um duke johnson came out of miami so both of them had pretty high you know at least prominence in terms of their names uh, when they were drafted uh, i don't think they were drafted necessarily super high but they they were pretty much drafted with high ceilings and i don't think i've seen the potential in either one of these two not to say that they don't have it they definitely have it they don't think they i don't think they've been able to show it and maybe in this position of being able to compete with each other and also have a position or at least also have ample opportunity to get carries because again you don't have to deal with two or three other running backs in another situation it'll just probably be 
you know, more likely to just these two, in my opinion, uh, getting some carries. And I also think the Houston Texans, if they really want to do something crazy, why not have Deshaun run it a little bit at that pistol offense? He did a little bit of that at Clemson. So why not add another wrinkle there? But again, I know this team is going to be pretty balanced going into the, you know, next year. I like the two running backs here. Again, they just haven't uh, stood out in any team that they've been on just yet. But again, they have that opportunity here. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, last year, they would finish the season 5-11, and 11, far and away from their AFC championship appearance. Who knows what happened? Uh, but they also would go on to finish 1-5 versus their division. That was good enough for last place. Uh, but over the offseason, over the offseason, excuse me, they added quarterback Nick Foles. Uh, last year, he completed 72.3% of his passes for 1,413 yards. Also, seven touchdowns and four interceptions. He also had a four and one, uh, four and one record as a starter last season. Of course, he was doing spot duty for an injured Carson once again. Uh, but one good thing about him is he is the 2017 Super Bowl MVP. So he does have that experience there uh, Jacksonville is definitely hinging on that with that signing of course uh, there'd be no other reason to get him uh, they also added defensive lineman Josh Allen uh, he was the seventh overall pick in this year's draft they also uh, added uh, Chris Conley some of the key losses here of course we already knew about this one quarterback Blake Bortles of course he was pretty decent in the year they went to the you know the FC championship game uh, but last season he completely fell off the face of the earth and just forgot how to be a quarterback so he's gone. Uh, they also have another very key loss here with linebacker Telvin Smith. This one is very important. Uh, he started all 16 games at the linebacker position, and he also had 100 total tackles last year. He also had a sack and two interceptions. So uh, definitely on the defensive end, he was probably the best player out there, uh, well, if even at the linebacker position, uh, but definitely somebody uh, who was a key contributor on that defensive end uh, but some key returning guys here we have running back Leonard Fournette he's definitely on the high season going into this year last year he also fell off the face of the earth completely almost he had 439 yards also five touchdowns I'm not too sure if he was dealing with any physical issues in terms of injuries I can't remember that off the top of my head but I do know for a fact that there was some off-season uh, issue uh, off the field issues excuse me that he had to deal with so again um you know he has to step up this year in order for this offense to stay consistent uh but I, you know again he said he's you know been working on it on the offseason he's been you know getting his mind together so more power to him and i hope he's able to you know hope he's able to contribute for his team this year uh they're also bringing back linebacker miles jack last year he would have a 107 total tackles also two and a half sacks so let's move on to this team uh to the to the my, my by the numbers part here uh they were 27th in overall offense last year they only averaged about 302 yards per game uh they would go on to be 26 and they were also i'm sorry they were also finished 26 six in total passing offenses uh they will only average 194 yards a game but they would finish fifth in total defense uh they only gave up 300 311 yards per game uh they also finished 22nd in turnovers though uh with 17 so on the in terms of yardage they did pretty well uh, but they weren't able to 
keep teams from scoring a whole lot, and they also didn't force a whole lot of turnovers. Uh, one strength going into this uh, this year for this team, of course, is the defense. They have really great linebackers. Of course, they have Jalen Ramsey in the cornerback position. I'm not too sure about that D-line, uh, but they definitely uh, get some pressure there. They might, well, actually, they might, uh, they might fall back a little bit on the defensive front, but I think the linebackers and the secondary should get them through. Uh, but one weakness for this team, of course, would be, of course, staying healthy and overall health. They, fin- they uh, finished last season with a ton of injuries. Everybody set out for a good amount of time. All their really, you know, uh, contributing players spent a lot of time out. So, again, this team has to get healthy. Um, and also receivers. Uh, I don't know, you know, but what is one, you know, I, I like Nick Foles as a quarterback, so on and so forth. But I'm not too sure uh, who he's going to be throwing the ball to and how how great they're going to be. Uh, first of all, he has D.D. Westbrook. He was a leading receiver, uh, one of the leading receivers going uh, into this year on this squad. He had 66 catches last year for 717 yards, also five touchdowns. That's similar to somebody like a Kenny Stills who are already going to his squad being a number two, but D.D. Westbrook is the number one. 717 yards is fine as a number two, but not as a starting wide receiver. I don't know if he's reliable. You also got Chris Conley. Last year, he had 32 catches for 334 yards and also five touchdowns. And you're also bringing in Jeff Swain, who had 20, just 26 catches last year for 224 yards and just a touchdown. So again, who's he going to be throwing the ball to? Um, nobody really thought that out. That's one of the main problems that Jacksonville had last year. They did not have wide receivers. I, I, didn't, I don't know how they missed that two years in a row. I think this team finished. It's just, at, mm, I want to say near at the bottom again because again, how do you how do you miss wide receivers and not get one? Um, somebody should have been traded. Somebody, you know, you could have picked up somebody either be the draft something. I don't know how you missed that there. Uh, but we're gonna move on from this squad here. We're gonna move on to the Tennessee Titans and wrap this divisional preview up for now. Uh, Last year, the Titans were finished nine and seven and four and two in the division, but they did finish third. Uh, some key add-ons for this squad is quarterback Ryan Tannehill. That was with a trade with Miami. Uh, last year, he would have a thousand nine hundred and seventy-nine yards, seventeen touchdowns, nine interceptions, and a quarterback rating of ninety-two point seven. They also brought in uh, defensive uh, defensive end Cameron Wake. He had thirty-six total tackles last year. Six sacks and also five tackles for loss. Some key losses for this team, however, will be linebacker Brian Arakpo and also uh, offensive guard Josh, uh, Josh Klein. Excuse me. Uh, but some key returning squad, uh, some key returning starters, excuse, excuse me, uh, is going to be running back Derrick Henry. Last year, he had a monster season, uh, going for a thousand yards for the first time in his career, finishing at a thousand and fifty-nine yards. He also had twelve touchdowns on the ground. They're also bringing back defensive tackle Jarrell Casey. He'll finish the season with sixty-two total tackles, also eleven tackles for loss, as well as seven sacks. He would also make it to the Pro Bowl as well. Uh, Looking at this team by the numbers, uh, they will finish 25th in total offense last year, only getting 312 yards per game. They will also finish 27th in scoring. Uh, 
basically dead last, uh, not necessarily dead last, but definitely near the bottom. Only 19 points uh, scored a game, and they also finished sixth in rushing, though. Uh, but in terms of defense, they were finished eighth in total defense, so they had a pretty solid defense. They were averaged about 333 yards a game allowed, and they also would finish sixth in passing. Uh, passing defense with just 216.9 yards allowed per game. Uh, strength of this team is going to be the secondary. Uh, they have some really great defensive backs, uh, Dory Jackson and also Logan Ryan. They ranked third in def- uh, third in touchdown passes given up, so they did not give a lot of. They did not give up a lot of passes uh, to the quarterback in the end zone. None of that. Uh, they were pretty good, like a no-fly zone. That was one of their biggest highlights. Of course, they finished sixth in passing defense overall. They also uh, have a safety, Kevin uh Byard, who led the team in interceptions with four. So again, they can hawk the ball pretty well. Uh, they can also keep you from scoring uh, through the air. So really good secondary. But one weakness of this team, I'm going to say, is lack of talent at the wide receiver position. Um, Corey Davis was their leading receiver last year. He had 65 catches for only 189, I'm sorry, 891 yards and also four touchdowns. They also are bringing in Adam Humphreys this year. He also just had uh, mediocre numbers 700 uh sorry 816 yards on 76 catches he also had five touchdowns so again if if those two guys could probably step up they have a really solid running game i don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be however they work that out uh but if you know those two receivers at least can step up they do have delaney walker they can toss the ball to again like i said they can run the ball maybe they have some type of offense if not, I think this team finishes last, probably five, five to six wins. They definitely regress. Um, I just don't see how, again, just like with the Jaguars, you need to have every uh, position. It, I'm not saying you need to have all-stars, but you need to have capable players at this position. Uh, four touchdowns as a number one receiver, not going to cut it not going to cut especially when you have quarterbacks uh that are going to be that people are going to already you know not respect you know for their arms anyway so you have to do you have to have something on that offense to balance balance it out i think your quarterbacks aren't that great either marcus mariota or ryan Tannehill. neither one of them are that great so you have to have some decent receivers or really one really good one and some some okay ones to throw the ball to i don't see how this works just like with jacksonville i think this team i think they fight for the bottom spot or they fight for third place with Jacksonville, that's the best this team can do. As far as who wins this division, I think Houston, if they're able to keep Deshaun Watson upright, I think Houston can win this division. I think they finish at least 11-5 or 12-4 again on the high side. They're going to have to win a playoff game, though. That's going to be their real bread and butter. This, this division is winnable for them if you count what happened to the Colts and what they're going to be bringing in that quarterback uh they do I think the Colts do have a shot again uh they could finish around 10 and 6 something like that and maybe get a wild card because I think they have a solid group of players I just think the quarterback the quarterback position has to step up so again I got the the Texans finishing at first first place I got the Colts at second Maybe the Titans at third, and 
No, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, the bottom, I, like I said, I, I can see, you know, Tennessee and uh, Jacksonville legitimately fighting for the third place spot in that division because neither one of those teams have receivers, legitimate, legitimate wide receivers or tight ends, in my opinion. So I think half of their whole, whole offense is whack and gone. So um, I definitely... I definitely have Houston winning it, but I'm gonna keep. A, I'm gonna take a quick break, y'all. And when I come back, I'll be going over the AFC East, and of course, uh, to wrap everything up, I got some top 25 college football action. So I'll be right back, y'all. All right, y'all. I am back. I'm going to break down the AFC East, starting off with the New England Patriots. They will finish last season 11-5, also 5-1 versus the division. They will win the AFC East. They will also win the Super Bowl versus the Rams. Uh, some key additions for them over the offseason will be defensive lineman Michael Bennett. Uh, they also added linebacker Jamie Collins. Last year, he would have 104 tackles, also four uh, sacks, as well as an interception with the Browns. They also added Kill Harry, a wide receiver, uh, via the draft. Some key losses for them uh, will be offensive lineman Trent Brown, also defensive end Trey Flowers. Of course, we all know about Rob Gronkowski retiring. Last year, he caught 47 catches, uh, 47 passes for 682 yards, also three touchdowns. Uh, some key uh, returning starters for them. This course is going to be running back Sony Michelle. Last year, he had 931 yards, of course, on the ground and he also had six touchdowns they also are bringing back cornerback stefan gilmore he's an all pro so definitely they have some i mean this is the patriots we already know about tom brady we know about the running game with james white and those guys that can catch a little bit so what can you say rex burkhead Let's move on. Let's move on to the by the numbers part. They are fifth. They were well, they finished fifth in offense last year. They would average 393.393.4 yards per game. Uh, they also finished uh, 21st in overall defense. They were averaged about 359 yards. Uh, they they allowed 359 yards a game. They also finished fifth in turnovers. They forced 28th. Oh, and they also finished uh, eighth in passing as well. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the strength of this team this season is going to be on the offensive line. Uh, they did rank 31st in positional spending, but that really doesn't matter because they are the sixth the six best offensive line according to pro football focus. Uh, the, the Pats would also finish last season fifth in rushing with 112 rushing yards again. So that's always a clear sign of a good running team uh, or a good offensive line. Good rushing yardage and also protecting the quarterback lack of sacks and they did pretty well in both of those stats one weakness of course is going to be they have no tight end that's always been one of the bread and butter parts of their offense uh they will be having benjamin watson he's 38 years old maybe they can fit him in he's definitely athletic and strong i don't take it away from him because he's old but again He's not Rob Gronkowski, but there you go. Uh, but that's all you can have for this team. They're pretty good nonetheless. I don't see why this team can't win a division again. Uh, they have one of the best quarterbacks to play, 
play the game. Uh, they recruit very well in terms of drafting. Again, they added Nikhil Harry. He's a steal. He might be hurt for a little while, uh, but again, he, he was a steal in the draft. They have some pretty solid receivers to go around him as well. They still have Julian Edelman, who was a Super Bowl MVP, by the way. So they're pretty solid there. Of course, we know about their running backs, so they're pretty solid there. Uh, defensively, of course, they added Jamie Collins. I think this team can win the division again. They also added Michael Bennett as well. They're going to shore up that 21st overall defense. But they were pretty good in other aspects of defense. Just overall, they were 20, 21st, which was a little bit down from the Patriot way. But they're going to go back into it this year. They're also going to be running a lot more this, this year as well. But let's move on to the New York Jets. The Jets would finish last. Uh, the Jets would finish last season four and twelve. Uh, they finished one and one and five as QB versus the division. That was good enough for last place. Uh, some key additions for them, though. Of course, they added linebacker C.J. Mosley. Uh, they got him from the Baltimore Ravens last year. Uh, he had 105 total tackles as well as an interception. They also added running back Le'Veon Bell. They also added guard Kalechi Osimile and also wide receiver Jamison Crowder. Some key losses for them, a couple of them on the offensive line. They lost guard James Carpenter and also center Spencer Long, as well as return specialist Andre Roberts. I believe he ended up going to the Texans. Uh, as far as their key starters are, rec returning starters are concerned, of course, we know about the young cat Sam Darnold at quarterback. Last year, he just completed 57% of his passes for 2,865 yards, seven touchdowns, 15 interceptions. You know, they're saying it's going, it should uh, improve. My question is, well, we'll get to it when I get to the weakness of this team. Again, yes, the hope is that he improves. The hope, we all know he needs to get better, of course. But I'm gonna get to why I'm gonna get to why it's gonna be hard in just a little bit. Uh, they're also bringing back safety Jamal Adams. He had 115 tackles last year, three and a half sacks. He also had an interception as well. Uh, but let's look at this team by the numbers. Last year they finished near the bottom in terms of total offense with 299.1 yards per game. Pretty much that's how much they averaged. Uh, they did not move the ball particularly well down the field. Of course they had a rookie quarterback and they did not have a good running game. That's what you get. And the offensive line was questionable. Uh, they were 26 in rushing. There you go. Uh, with just 100 yards average a game. They also finished 25th in total defense. So really, they weren't really... They, had, they struggled across the board. Uh, they finished 25th in total defense with 380, 380.3 uh, yards allowed a game, but they did finish 16th in turnovers. They forced 29 of them, uh, or at least time. Uh, they did have, well, there there is one strength, though, going into this year. I'm going to go with the secondary. They did finish middle of the road in terms of interceptions so I think they're active in terms of that front they did they did add uh Brian Poole a safety here he had 74 total tackles as actually yes he had 74 total tackles three sacks as well as, well as six pass deflections and three interceptions uh they also getting back uh defensive back Tremaine Johnson he's coming back from injury as well so again they're going to be improving along the secondary I'm not too sure about that pass that pass rush per se but I think the secondary is going to improve. They got some people coming back from injury. They drafted pretty well there as well. But let's move on to that weakness and why I think it's going to be very hard for Sam Donald to improve this year. I think the addition to Le'Veon Bell is going to be 
of God sent pretty much for him because he's going to be a tool in this department. They, this team again, just like with the Jaguars, just like, you know, yeah, again, this team does not have, you know, adequate wide receivers or tight ends. Um, again, you have Robbie Anderson. He was a leading receiver, but even he did not reach a thousand yards last year. And that is a problem. I, I, it's funny because they say this is a passing league and they say they, they, they put these quarterbacks and these passing offenses and these, you know, these offensive rules on these pedestals. And they keep saying in the media, oh, it's an offensive league. Why are these number one receivers not even reaching a thousand yards? It's plain to me and the one that does or the one that can do it consistently Mr. AB got consistent drama with him explain to me by the way he signed with the Patriots I'm talking about it tomorrow it's hella late don't worry about it I'll get to it myself I'll get to it but good riddance but back to the back to the AFC East as far as the dress concerned I think the wide receiver position as well as the tight end position is going to hold them back who is Sam Donner going to really consistently throw the ball to outside of Le'Veon Bell? That is an issue. They got to figure that out eventually, or he is not going to last. That's my personal opinion. And uh, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Buffalo Bills. Last year, they would finish six. Oh, let's go back to real, real quick. As far as I, as far as how I think the Jets will finish, if I'm being nice, maybe, maybe the defense improves to a certain extent, and back it goes back to Rex Ryan days. Le'Veon Bell stays healthy enough and stays dynamic enough, and he's like on Christian McCaffrey hype times ten. And somehow he leads in both categories, rushing and receiving. Sam Donald virtually throws single-digit interceptions, which I think is going to be very difficult to do. This team possibly, possibly just being nice, 500-79. I don't think this team is really that great just yet. I think this team needs it really a shot in the arm in the receiver position and just uh, I just don't see how you elevate with with a with a very with a lacking positional uh situation there um I don't see how any team can succeed when they don't have a running game at all or they don't really have a wide receiver core or they don't have a really great unless you're the Patriots of course if you're if you're the Patriots you can miss out on a you know you can make it work it's just how, you know, coaching is. But for a team like this, you needed to have some receivers. And I just, I mean, unless Robbie Anderson has a thousand yard, he can very well have a thousand yard a year. He was close to having it last year. I can, let me be a little bit nicer. They can maybe get something like a nine and seven. Why not? Um, but on the, realistically, I'm saying seven and nine, six and 10. And they make gradual improvements. 
going into next year because they definitely need a shot. Like I said, they need wide receivers and maybe a tight end, just being honest. Um, we Like I said, let's move on to those Buffalo Bills, of course. Last year, they finished 6-10 overall. They finished 2-4 versus the division. Uh, some key additions for them, uh, they added Cole Beasley. We talked about him the other time, the other night. Had some pretty good numbers last year. Very small receiver, but he's agile. He gets open. People like him. He's pretty popular. So, there you go. They also added wide receiver John Brown. Again, another speedy receiver. A little slight. Uh, but again, he gets open. He catches passes. So, well, I don't know if he's the greatest of catchers, but he's definitely a speedster. We got running backs Frank Gore and also TJ Yeldon being added to the fold. Of course, they let go of Sean McCoy very recently. So, those two guys are going to probably fight it out, duke it out for a starting spot. But I definitely think you have a good one-two tandem. I think Frank Gore has enough in the juice tank so y'all can you know they can actually go back and forth between the two running backs i have no problem with seeing a running back by committee in a game it's just you can never platoon your quarterbacks that's dumb but you can always platoon receivers and running backs i i think that's smart so you have a one-two punch there that i personally like i thought that was smart by them especially since they let go of LaShawn mccoy and they also drafted defensive lineman ed oliver um, that's generally regarded as a very high pick or a very highly regarded pick, very highly graded. So no points taken from that. Uh, but some key losses for them is going to be safety Raphael Bush and also defensive tackle Kyle Williams. He decided to hang up the cleats after 13 seasons. He had 35 total tackles last year, as well as six uh, tackles for loss and also five sacks. Some key players coming back are going to be center Mitch Morse, also quarterback Josh Allen, of course, this is going to be his sophomore year, and also defensive end Trent Murphy. Uh, he had 24 total tackles last year, as well as four sacks. Uh, we're going to take a look at this team by the numbers real quick. They finished at the bottom uh, in a lot of different categories in offense, including total offense. They would only average 298 yards 98 yards per game pretty much that would be good enough for 30th in the league they also finished 30th in scoring which is 16.8 points per game uh, they'll go on to finish second in total defense though so there you go again this is a team that if they had a pretty decent offense they probably would be in the playoffs every year just saying they had i mean again if josh allen improves you got something there they get a wide receiver or two in there and really well i think the running back situation right now is actually solid but if they get a running back or i mean another uh wide receiver or tight end i think this team could be pretty solid but anyways uh they would also finish eighth in overall overall turnovers uh with 27 with 27 overall with 27 turnovers excuse me uh but let's move on to their strength uh, their strength this year is going to be in the secondary they finished last season first in pass defense with just 179 yards a game allowed they also finished seventh in interceptions with the 16 uh yes excuse me 16 so i don't think that 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 changes too much too much excuse me i think that that improves of course with another year with the same core they didn't really lose anybody in that core if i'm not mistaken no they're pretty solid there they even added a, a better well actually they added a great defensive lineman for uh via the draft who's a day one starter that's probably even more pass rushing there so that leads to a even better uh pass defense so there you go uh they also uh well 
in that secondary is going to be a safety Micah Hyde. Last year, he had 58 tackles, also two interceptions. They're also uh, going to have cornerback Tredavious White in that unit. Last year, he would go on to have 54 total tackles, as well as eight pass deflections and also two interceptions as well. But one weakness for this team, I'm going to go back to the running back position. They did lose Mashawn McCoy, uh, and they do they are bringing in the ages of veteran of Frank Gore. But the question is, Father Time is unbeaten, so when does it get to him? And of course, you have T.J. Yeldon, who again has been, who was the backup to Leonard Fournette. So who out of those two really becomes your workhorse? And would you want the older running back to be your workhorse at this point? Uh, that's an important question for them to ask. Uh, so I think they need to deal with that. They also did not, well, and they also didn't really rank that high in terms of rushing last season as well. So, and just in total offense. And again, part of that is having a sub, well, a rookie quarterback. Uh, but again, they really didn't have a standout running game either because LaShawn McCoy didn't really show up. So, there you go. And finally, let's wrap everything up with the Miami Dolphins. Last year, the Finns would the Finns would finish seven and nine overall, and also four and two in the division. I don't know. Go figure. Some key ads for them uh, during the offseason would be tight end Dwayne Allen. They also brought in Fitz Magic, aka Ryan Fitzpatrick. They also brought in cornerback Eric Rowe. Uh, Dwayne Allen doesn't really offer much in terms of stats. Uh, but the word around town is that he's that a, is that he's a good blocker. Uh, as far as Eric Rowe goes, same thing. Not too much in terms of stats. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, for all my that my average football fans, my even my casuals, we all know about Fitzpatrick. He's a meme. Come on, let's let's get real here. Uh, in terms of some key losses here, of course they lost quarterback Ryan Tannehill. But again, eh, who cares? Yeah, he was like okay, and then they lost uh, defensive end Robert Quinn, and that was a solid loss. He has some pretty def- decent numbers. He's gonna be a really good addition to that defensive front in Dallas, adding some real age there, some real experience there, with some already standout youth. Mm, that was really a big loss for Miami right here. But some key returning starters for them is going to be left guard Michael Dieter and also linebacker Jerome Baker. He had 79 total tackles last year as well as three sacks and also an interception. We're going to look at this team by the numbers and guess what guys? As no surprise, it's not really pretty. Despite the 7-9 record and the 4-2 record versus the, the winning record versus the division, this team will go on to finish 31st in total offense with 289 yards average a game. They will also finish 30th in pass offense. Of course, Ryan Tannehill, like I said, not that great. Uh, they will also finish 29th in total defense with 390 yards allowed per game. Well, 390 yards allowed per game. Hey, I told you this team was pretty bad. And then 31st in rush defense. As far as any strengths of this team, I really have no clue. Just saying. Um, there's, mm, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Just like with Cincinnati, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, and as far as weaknesses, I'm not really going to go too deep into it because, simply put, it's a rebuilding year for this team. They traded away some assets. Uh, they have some young guys here. And um, 
I think they're looking uh, to look into their young players and develop them and draft some more. So as far as that's concerned, they're rebuilding and it's going to be a very long year for them. They're going to finish, of course, at the bottom. Of course, at the, of course, at the Patriots winning. As far as second place goes, possibly the Bills. And then as third place, like I said, that made, that, that leaves third place for the Jets. And of course, Miami is at the bottom. Uh, so I'm going to call, I'm going to, Take a quick break again, and when I come back, I'll be going over some top 25 college football action. I'm going to get into the big Michigan game, too. Uh, they almost had an upset against Army. Well, Army almost had an upset against them, so we got to get into that as well. So I'll be right back, y'all. All right. this up today uh, I'm gonna be going over the top 25 scores across uh, college football over to over the weekend uh, before I get into that let's get into the big news Michigan barely holds all off the upset this time against unranked army like I said Michigan comes into this game well came into this game ranked number seven in the nation uh, they will go on to hold on to a three-point victory against army 24 to 21 was the final score and it took two overtimes to do it and it literally happened on the last play of the game two defensive linemen Carlo Kemp and also Aiden Hutchison teamed up on a strip sack on army quarterback Kelvin Hopkins Jr. Like I said, uh, preserving the three-point win. The Black Knights were actually able to lose, though, by 23.5 points. Go figure. Now, early in the game, actually in the fourth quarter, Army had a, had a chance to win the game, uh, but would go on to miss a field goal prompting the first overtime. And they would actually strike first. Uh, they would score after a Wolverines offside penalty. Michigan would respond right back by converting the third down, and they would score on the ground on the very next play, uh, enforcing the next overtime. Now, on the next drive, uh, Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson would throw three straight incompletions, uh, forcing them to settle with a field goal. Now, the Wolverines gave up three fumbles in the first half, uh, which two of them led to uh, Army scoring a touchdown. Army will also also be leading the game 14-7 at halftime, thanks to their triple option offense. Now, this is why I'm starting to say that it, op- well, it opened my eyes to Michigan a little bit because with the triple option offense, this is primarily a running offense. So the quarterback is going to run a lot. Uh, you'll see a, you'll see his stats. He won't necessarily throw a lot of passes, maybe ten at the most, seven on average. They don't throw a lot of they don't throw a lot. Uh, they do run. The quarterbacks run. You have a couple running backs getting some carries. You might even have a fullback uh, getting some carries as well. Uh, Navy runs a similar offense. So does Air Force, I believe, and also so does Georgia, Georgia Tech. They probably had the most success running the triple option. Uh, but Army is starting to have some success with that option attack as well. Uh, but again, Michigan will finish the first half with a 10-yard penalty and a missed field goal. So again, they were not firing on any cylinders in the first half of that game really at all uh now michigan's o-line will also give up two sack fumbles something else to look at when you get deeper into the season especially when you play teams like michigan state as well as ohio state who have good defenses and as far as running the ball we already know that the team in uh this conference 
in Wisconsin who has one of the best running backs in the nation right now, Jonathan Taylor. And I'm pretty sure he's looking back on this game saying, I definitely got a chance to work work, work against these guys. So, again, uh, Michigan did not have a great game. Uh, they just came up pretty lucky. Of course, I'm not saying it was on any home cooking or they cheated, nothing like that. No, but uh, they got through on the skin of their teeth. The skin of their teeth. And um, they should just be happy with that one. Michigan will go on to 2-0 so far in the season. And Army moves up to 1 or moves down to 1-1. One one. So let's move on to the rest of the top 25 scores uh, from the from the weekend. Uh, starting off with Friday, number 24, uh, number 24 in the nation, Boise State. Got a got a you know, got a win. It wasn't exciting. 14-7 was the final score against Marshall from the conference USA. Uh, moving on to Saturday. Or today, uh, number 12, yesterday now, it's like three in the moment, <laughs> almost. Uh, number 20, Iowa, uh, was able to get it done against Rutgers. 30 to zip was the final score there. Uh, number five, Iowa, uh, Ohio State, was able to get another shutout, this time against Cincinnati. 42 to zip was the final score. And the big monster uh, game of the day, at least of my favorite game of the day, uh, Maryland was was able to blow out Syracuse. 63 to 20 was the final score. Of course, uh, Syracuse came into the game ranked 21st in the nation. Maryland goes on to 2-0 on the season. Uh, Syracuse is at 1-1. Uh, for Maryland, on offense, they were led by quarterback Josh, Jans- uh, Josh Jackson. He will finish the game 21-38 for 296 yards, also three touchdowns and an interception. On the ground, uh, running back Javon Leak will lead the way. He had 107 yards, also two interceptions. Running back Jake Funk would also do his thing with 94 yards. He also will score a touchdown as well. Anthony McFarlane Jr. also had 74 yards on the ground. He also caught a touchdown pass uh, on top of that. And finally, running back Tayon Fleet Davis had 67 yards on the ground and also a touchdown. Uh, Brown receiver Carlos Carrier uh, also caught a touchdown pass as well. And as far as scoring goes, Maryland will put up 42 points in just the first the first half alone. On defense, they were led by defensive back Antoine Brooks Jr. He had nine total tackles, and Keandre Jones had two sacks. Uh, moving on to Syracuse, uh, on offense, they were led by quarterback Tommy DeVito. He went 20, 28 of 39 for 30, uh, 333, 330 yards, three touchdowns, and he also threw an interception as well. On the ground, Mo Neal had just 47 yards. Uh, Rob receiver Tristan Jackson led all receivers with seven receptions, also 157 yards. He also brought in two touchdowns. Rob receiver Sean Riley also had a receiving touchdown as well. And on defense, uh, they didn't get a lot uh, in terms of stopping points, but defensive back Andre Sisco had a, a personally had a good game with eight total tackles. He also had an interception as well. Moving on. Uh, number 13, Utah gets it done against Northern Illinois. 35 to 17 was the final score. Number 25, Nebraska goes down in overtime to Colorado on the road. 34 to 31 was the final score there. Uh, Wisconsin gets another blowout win this time against um, Central Michigan. The number 16 Badgers get it done 61 to zip. Uh, the Clemson Tigers, the number one team in the nation, gets a really solid win against the number 12 team in the nation, Texas A&M. 
24 to 10 was the final score here. Georgia gets it done against Murray State, the number three team. Uh, 63 to 7 was the final score there. Georgia gets the W. The number two team, Alabama, also gets it done against New Mexico. 62 to 10 was the final score there. Number 22, Washington State gets another easy win, this time against Northern Colorado. 59 to 17 was the final score. You also got number four, Oklahoma, getting another easy win against South Dakota. 70 to 14 is the final score. Number 18, Central Florida gets a gets a pretty good gets a pretty easy win on their own account. This time against Florida Atlantic, 48 to 14 was the final score. Moving on, uh, we got some uh, we got Auburn, number 10 team in the nation, getting another shutout, going to two, well not a shutout, but another good easy win for them. Actually not a but yeah, this is an easy win for them. They're going to 2-0 on the season. They're beating Tulane 24-6. Moving on, we got number 16, Oregon, putting the hammer all over Nevada, beating them to Bend. That's a town in Oregon. Beating them from Bend all the way to Eugene. That's another town in Oregon. That's the town where the university is at, all the way to Portland, all the way to Reno, Nevada, where that university, where the University of Nevada is that is at. Beatings all over the place. 77 to 6 was the final score. Where was all those touchdowns last week? Ducks talking to y'all. What the hell? But I'm I am pretty comfortable with our ability to win the Pac-12, especially with Washington going down today. They got the upset. Well, actually, Cal got the upset. 20 to 19 was the final score here. Uh, again. Washington sucks. They're 14th in the nation. They couldn't beat Cal. Yes, as a Doug fan, I'm relishing this. But again, I'm not worried about Cal or Washington. I'm more concerned with USC. But we'll get to that game in just a second. Moving on, we got number 19, Michigan State, getting done, getting it done against Western Michigan. 51 to 17 was the final score. In a really big matchup between two highly ranked opponents, we got number six LSU getting it done against number nine Texas. 45 to 38 was the final score. I actually saw the highlights of this game here. This game was pretty much back and forth. LSU tried to go up two touchdowns at one point, but it just didn't work. Texas would just not be denied at home. Uh, they ended up losing, but again, they would not go down without a fight. But when LSU went up, Matthew McConaughey's face said it all. He was sad about the game. I thought it was funny, just his reaction. But moving on, we got number 14, Penn State, getting it done easily against Buffalo. 45-13 is the final score there. Uh, and finally, in a big blowout, you know, back 12 at the dark, S uh, USC gets it done against number 23, Stanford. 45-20 to was the final score. USC goes to 2-0 on the season. Stanford is now at 500 sitting at one and one let's talk about the stats real quick uh for usc on offense they were led by quarterback keaton slovis uh he threw he went 28 of 53 for 377 yards also three touchdowns running back valve malapaye also had 42 yards on the ground he also had two touchdowns uh running back stephen carr also had a rushing touchdown as well uh wide receiver tyler vaughn's Led, uh, led USC receivers with five catches, 106 yards, and also a touchdown. Uh, Rob receiver Amon Ra St. Brown had eight total catches for 97 yards and also two touchdowns. On defense, uh, safety 
Talanoa Hufunga had 10 total tackles, and also defensive back Gary, uh, yeah, Greg Johnson had six total tackles and an interception. Off to Stanford, offensively and defensively, not a whole lot to talk about, but on offense they were led by quarterback Davis uh, Davis Mills. Uh, he had he went 22 of 36 for 237 yards. He threw a touchdown and also an interception. Running back Cameron Scarlett had 82 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, and tight end Colby Parkinson had seven catches, 89 yards. He also had a touchdown as well. And on defense, Stanford was led by safety Kendall Williamson. Also seven, uh, I'm sorry, he had, they were led by safety Kendall Williamson. He had seven total tackles uh, and also cornerback Paulson Adebo who had eight total tackles. All right, y'all, I'm gonna call it a wrap for tonight. Tomorrow night, I'll be back with, with an MLB update. I also got to go over the NSC North as well. And uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, um, all the stuff that I normally say, of course, y'all already know is valid. I'll be seeing y'all tomorrow. You'll be hearing from me tomorrow. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. Y'all already know how to get in touch with me. I'll holla at y'all tomorrow. I'm going to get some sleep. Good night. <laughs>